Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley here on a Friday. You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. Just had our guy Noops on talking some NBA. Make sure you go check out the You Better You Bet podcast at the end of the show. We're going to continue Locketology here. On You Better You Bet, a reminder that we're with you on Stadium until 6 o'clock Eastern Time. So the next two segments, we'll be with you for the rest of the show up until 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and you can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app. Ken, let's get back to our Locketology bracket. D-Gen Corner, a really good one. Again, we'll remind everybody, of this region, a lot of big-time powerhouse names. Purdue is the one seed in this region. They take on Fairfield in the 116. TCU, Boise State, 8-9 matchup. Kentucky is the five seed, favored by 6.5 against Princeton, the 12. Creighton, App State, the 4-13. St. Mary's, the six seed, against Seton Hall and Wake Forest in the 6-11. Iowa State, the three, against Louisiana Tech, the 14. Utah State, the seven, against Florida Atlantic, the 10 and North Carolina, the two seed, up against Oakland, the 15. All right, lots to talk about in this region, Ken. Um, we talked about Purdue a ton last time. We'll touch on them in a little bit. Is there anywhere that you kind of wanted to start in this region when you were kind of developing this bracket? Is there something that that stood out to you? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I mean, we could talk about Kentucky. I, I've said a lot about them the last couple of days. So I think if you want to kind of like throw your opinion in there as well, I, I'd love to hear it and what you make of them, like a team that's really polarizing, I think, in terms of how people feel about them. But before we do Kentucky, I want to ask you about there are two. I just saw these two names pop up and I was reminded of this. So Boise State is the nine in this region and Utah State is the seven. And for basically like the entire length of the NCAA tournament, as long as it's been around, up until last year, the Mountain West was one of the great fades in any sport, in any situation, in anything. If you just bet against them in the NCAA tournament, you're a billionaire. They never win. They never win in the first round. They never win in the play-in. They never win anything, ever. And they are frequently responsible for some pretty big upsets like that they're the victims of. It happens all the time. And then last year, you got a bunch of teams that make it, but well, one of them, San Diego State, I mean, they don't just go on a deep breath. They make they are a game away from winning the title. I mean, they play UConn in the final. Like, does that dispel? For, I guess the first question is, like, did you ever believe in that to begin with, that the Mountain West is, like, for whatever reason you want to bet against them? Did San Diego State change anything for you there? Like, how will you be treating? Because we've got a bunch of Mountain West teams in this bracket that we've done so far. There will be a lot in the tournament. How are you going to treat those teams? Like, do you buy into that stuff? Uh, I think that the Mountain West is just like any conference. I would compare it to the Big Ten and kind of what we've seen the last four or five years where I think San Diego State's your Michigan State. That's the one team that you can kind of trust. I think that's the team that's consistently built the best for March. But even until last year, Ken, like it's not like San Diego State was this perennial Elite Eight Final Four team, you know? So I don't even know if you can really trust San Diego State this season, but No, certainly the Mountain West. I mean, especially teams like Boise, Utah State, um, Nevada. You know, these teams, I don't have really any interest in in backing at all. I think San Diego State, New Mexico, and possibly Colorado State with the right draw could be teams that I would back. 
Boise and Utah State, though, I, I think are two teams that, I mean, unless I just like their matchup or are two teams I'm probably going to fade. I'm glad you brought up Utah State. What do you do in the tournament when you get matchups like this where it's a 7-10, you know the world is going to be on Florida Atlantic because what they did last year, right? Sure. When the game's did you like under my point spread there? Did you like my number yeah. there, by the way? I thought I came up two with a good half. number in that game. Florida Atlantic favored, the 10 favored by two and a half. Yeah. The 10 favored by two and a half, right? Isn't that something that the 10 yep. seeds favored? Um, now, look, certainly Florida Atlantic could win and they could not cover the spread. Funny enough, they did that last year against Memphis, so it could certainly happen again. But what would you do in a game like this? I feel like in the regular season, betting splits mean a lot more than they do in postseason when the handle is just obviously way bigger and the first two rounds of March Madness being the biggest bet sporting event on the planet. Does that not matter as much as to you? Because I'm a contrarian better, Ken, and like just the way I'm wired, I see a game like this. And even though I think Florida Atlantic's better, even though I think they're certain, even though I would probably pick them to win the game, that necessarily doesn't mean they would cover the spread. I also think back to what we were talking about earlier, where potentially when the season ends, they could be one of those teams with a top 10 offense and, uh, you know, a defense of 100 or worse. Does that sway maybe how you bet games in the first round when you look at a game and you know it's going to be so heavily bet one sided? I think, uh, it does matter because I think probably people heard that question. I think some people are like, yeah, he's right. And then other people are like, the betting splits don't matter at all. And who everyone's on doesn't matter at all. And they're like, the way I would like to measure it though, is like, what is the price and how does it change? Because this would strike me as a game where like, I agree with you, but I would want to see that reflected in like price changing. So let's say, let's say like, well, we're going to spend like an entire segment on Florida, Atlantic, Utah state, but for good reason. Um, let's, FAU's definitely going to open a favorite if they play. There's like oh, no yeah. way they won't open a favorite. It's just how big. Oh, yeah. And I think the question in this game is like, you know, like if if a if a baseline number for this game is something like FAU less than a possession, one and a half, two, two and a half, something like that. And this gets, and this opens in that range because it almost certainly will if, the, if that happened today. And then we see a lot of interest in Florida, to your point, see a lot of interest in Florida Atlantic, see this number three, three and a half, like that, which we see, there are usually a couple eight nines or seven tens every year where like the way the market is shaped is really lopsided line movement wise, doesn't have to be like money, but just how the line moves really lopsided toward one side of a seven ten or an eight nine. And I don't mind being contrarian in those situations. These are probably very even teams. And like the assumption that one is just going to railroad the other one and needs to be a really big favorite. I agree with you. I do like playing against, for me, it's just, I have to know what the price is. Like if it's FAU one and a half and everyone's betting FAU and the, and I think the number is probably about right, then I'm not interested just because everyone's on it. But if everyone's on it and I get that price discrepancy, like we start to see that creep out and creep out. And it's like, okay, everyone's on FAU and now I can get, Utah State three and a half in a game because to your point like this isn't last year's FAU team at least not yet it can there's still time for it mm -hmm. to look a lot more similar but their metric profile is not the same and it's pretty scary 
uh, even as a team that could like repeat and make the final four, they're they're less likely to make the final four this team than last year's team, just from a metric standpoint. And people could be like, well, who saw them coming last year? You could never have predicted that. I, I wrote like a giant write up last year before the tournament. We did shows going into the tournament where I was like, here are all the teams that qualify statistically to win the region. And they were always, there were only like six and they were one of them. So like, we, we didn't see it coming that they were the one that was going to win, but they absolutely were part of our conversation before the tournament. And this year's team wouldn't be part of the conversation. They wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even think of them as a region winner the way they look right now. So it will be an interesting, whoever they draw, Maybe Utah State's a bad example because they're a Mountain West team. I don't think a lot of people like Utah State because they play in the Mountain West. But whoever they draw, because they could draw, you know, Florida or something. They could draw like some team that's like in a really fun game and in an interstate game. It's like yeah. they could draw some cool stuff, right? They could draw, you know, like I'm trying to think of like who the other sevens are. They could draw, they could draw Texas Tech, right? They could draw like a power conference name team and how does the market form around those games when everyone's going to know like well that's the team that made the final four last year and it's all the same players and it's you know it's just it's i think there will be that want to bet on them at a small price i just if i was going to be contrarian i'd want to see it move i want to see it move like i wouldn't want to just be like well it's pick and everyone's on this so i'm on it anyway so i agree with you i just i'd need to know kind of what the market was but they'll be one of the most interesting first round teams because every i agree with you that everyone's first thought will be well, that's the team that made the final four last year and everybody's back. Yep. So like, let's run it back. Not the same team statistically, not the same team just in terms of how they played so far. Completely agree with you, man. That FAU Florida game, if that happens, a seven ten. let let's just Ooh, rig that. Yeah. Can we just rig that one up? I don't think they played in non-conference. I could be wrong. Usually the Florida schools don't all play each other, but um, I, I mean, would love to. Yeah. Just, those are always the, you know, those are the kind of things where like, when it pops up on selection Sunday, you just go really nobody on the committee was like, Hey, let's do this. Cause it'll be really funny. Let's like put these teams against you. Like they are like, there's definitely a couple of games that fit that description every time. It's not all just travel yeah. and sites and like what fits like, really, they don't want to do that. They don't want to put that together. It's like a really cool, that's a cool game. You can put it. It's like Auburn and Samford, the game that you were talking about the last couple of weeks. Like, like let's have them play. Why would we put in another 13? That's way less fun. I mean, it works exactly. like the math works, like just have them play each other. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my thought there. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I want to touch on this Kentucky Princeton game. I know you've given a ton of thoughts on Kentucky. You were so right when we were doing this a couple weeks ago, when you kind of pointed at Kentucky as like this team that's going to get hot and everybody in the media is going to yep. love them and they're going to, and they're going to back this team. They're going to be this year's Duke from last year. Keegan Murray's Iowa team the year before, like that is what Kentucky is. And again, Ken, like they're one of those teams. They're great on offense, great offensive team. They're 86th in defense, according to Ken Palm. And, you know, they got a tough schedule here down the stretch. They still got to play Tennessee um, down the stretch. I believe that maybe they play, they will play one of the other good teams. I think maybe Florida, Auburn down the stretch as well. Obviously going to have to play some good teams in the SEC tournament. Before we get into the Kentucky-Princeton matchup, when you look at a team like Kentucky, is that a team that you have your eye on in the SEC tournament? Because you talk about them getting hot down the stretch and being that team that everybody loves. Usually that team does really well in their conference tournament. It, when you start like thinking about Kentucky, like are you going to feed off of that until we get to the NCAA tournament? And would that be a team that you would? Because that's what I start to think about now too, is like who are the teams that I could see right now getting hot over the final couple of weeks, winning their conference tournament, and then being one of those teams that have an early exit 
in the NCAA tournament. And I think like Kentucky could be one of those teams. Tennessee certainly going to be favored to win the SEC right. tournament. After that, I mean, we'll see how Bama looks against Tennessee tomorrow. Auburn's going to be up there. I mean, certainly Auburn, Tennessee, Bama, Kentucky are going to be in the top four. I would think Kentucky is the second best odds, but I don't know. Is that how you start thinking too? Like these teams that you think could get hot down the stretch, maybe betting them in conference tournaments as well? Yeah, like uh, I think – so one thing I've never measured before that I think would be smart, and I should probably do it this year maybe, is I I say all the time on this show, like you don't want to be the hot team late and then go into the NCAA tournament. You'll be overvalued. People will like you, and you're probably worse than what you showed in the final month. It's probably more about what you were over the balance of the season. People have heard me say that all the time. The thing I don't know – is if momentum, real to your point, if momentum does really carry into the conference tournament, which obviously precedes the NCAA tournaments before it, and maybe, like, you know, to your point, I'm actually thinking about some of the hot teams right now, even, like, entering those conference tournaments, man, like, they blitz sometimes. Like, they really, they yeah. go in and they just win a bunch of games. To your point, I'd be, in, I should actually run that and just see if, like, conference tournament winners kill it the final month. Uh, I, I tell you what, on Monday, you and I are going to host the show again on Monday next week. I will have mm-hmm. that for you on Monday, which I think will be really interesting. I think that's yeah. a great question, but I, all I can speak to in the interim is just like the NCAA tournament part of it. And I, I tried to open up just to, you mentioned a couple historical examples, like, you know, teams that, uh, that like got upset and did, I'm, I'm like looking at a list right now. I'm trying to like filter it and like, see, so yeah, like some of the teams where it's like, Oh, who like who got eliminated early and you just, you go through and you're like, Oh, like, Oh man, like the the hot team late is just, it's just like a rough draw every single time. It's honestly, whoever like your two or three hottest teams are, it's not that like every year they all flame out, but like almost every year they all flame out or like really early in the, uh, in the tournament, they all flame out. I'll put together like a more comprehensive list, you know, and, and you're, what you're looking for, is because and I'll I'll do this too the uh, the small school you know St Peter's UMBC whatever they're going to be hot in the final month because they had to win their conference tournament to get in so like every right. small school is going to be hot in the final month it's like not a it's like a prerequisite to making the tournament if you're a small school you have to be hot in the final month otherwise you're not there like so it's so you can't do that with those teams like the 16s the 15s they're all going to be hot going in they had to be they had no choice but like the big schools you're like two, three, four, five seeds that fit that description. Like that's, this is the dynamic that I'm talking about where they were kind of whatever in non-conference, they were whatever in January. And then there's something clicks in the second part of conference play and they play really like, that's the team just to like draw a distinction there. And yeah, that's, it's, it's claimed a lot of victims over the year, I guess would be the right way to put it. So um, Kentucky is definitely that team, but your conference tournament points. Really, so I'd, I'll make a note of it. People listen to the show Monday, People could send me tweets if they want. Hey, reminder, you were gonna you were gonna look this up for PJ. Is uh is Kentucky then gonna be a great bet in the SEC tournament because they're the hot team right now? Is that what's gonna yeah. make them a good bet? And there there are a couple teams. The other team that could be the hot team late uh, is in this if region. You just go by February fifteenth. Well, yeah, Creighton. Creighton is definitely yes. the other team that could be the hot yep. team late. No question. Yep. That that was what I was gonna say. I'm like, do we bet Creighton in the Big East tournament? Maybe UConn yeah. lost last year. Marquette won it. A lot of people like them. They lose in the round of 32. Really interesting region. We'll continue talking about it. Here, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ken Bart. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. 
on the BetQL Network.